Welcome to Parsha Partners, the podcast that aims to put the pupil and the pill back in the study of the weekly Torah portion. My name is Aviv Matskin, and I am extremely fortunate to be a teacher in a Jewish day school in the heart of Silicon Valley. Fortunate because I get to come to work every day to learn from a group of young, brilliant Torah scholars who read biblical text with fresh eyes and sensitivities. After years of training and then learning from these creative readers, I decided it is just a shanda not to share their beautiful teachings with the wider audience. So, I'm inviting you to come with us on a brief journey through a small section of this week's Parsha. Partner with us, a group of young students and an old teacher, as we try to uncover layers of meaning through the sharing of questions, connections, inferences, and predictions. Let's begin by meeting our participants today. Hi, I'm Sahal, and I'm in fifth grade. Hi, I'm Val, I'm in eighth grade. And I'm Eva in third grade. Welcome! I'm so excited to study Torah with you today. We're going to uh, come to this with fresh eyes. None of you have looked at the text we're about to study. Well, maybe you have in past years, but not today. And in case you are listening in and want an advanced reading of what we're going to look at, you can hit pause on the podcast right now. We're going to be reading chapter 2 of the book of Shemot. Chapter 2 of Exodus, 11 through 17 approximately. So if you want to read it over, or if you want to come to it fresh, we'll be reading the verses, the psukim out loud in English, and you can, in a sense, be our partner here, study along with us. Let's start with having someone read the first few psukim for us. It was in those days when Moshe was grown that he began to go out to his brethren, and he saw their burdens hard labor. One day, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his Hebrew brethren. He, Moshe, looked all around, and when he saw that no man was there watching, he killed the Egyptian and hid his body in the sand. Excellent. Let's stop there before we go on, as we do in class. Anybody have any questions to start us off with? Why just when Moshe was grown? Are they, when are they going to tell us, like, anything about before? Is this like the first time that he's seeing this? He's being like, oh, oh my gosh, I guess this just started now. This is actually horrible. Or has he been like, this has been going on for so long, I'm finally going to take an action. I think he might have been planning that he would do this type of thing. I find it interesting that the first thing they tell us when Moshe was grown up, that he killed an Egyptian. Excellent. I'm really curious about this, too. We know very little bit about Moshe's early life. Uh, his mother tried to hide him from the Egyptian soldiers, throwing kids in the Nile. He's sent down the Nile by his mom. He's adopted by Bat Paro, by the daughter of Paro. Then we know nothing about it, but somehow he's grown up, and the first thing we know, he grows up and he murders someone. Why would the Torah start this way? Well... Maybe the Torah is saying, say you've read the other parts of the Torah, maybe he's saying, no one is perfect, no one is a hero. This guy, he thinks he's a hero. He led them. He nobly led all the Israelites to the promised land and led them through their hardships, through all the complaints. Must have been really hard for him. Guess what? He's not perfect. Great. We're going to start with imperfection. Imperfect people can still grow up to do great things. He might be strong, and it, this is showing that he can overpower the Egyptians. Oh, Eva, that's ingenious. So on a small level, 
the Torah is showing that Moses is capable, is strong enough to kill an Egyptian. But on a big level, on a metaphoric level, it's showing that Moses is strong enough to destroy the entire Egyptian empire and take the Israelites out to safety. It's like a test. It's almost like God is saying, okay, you are the enemy in the enemy's hands. Are you going to see that? And you, I'm going to show you what's happening in the world outside the palace. And are you going to see him? How are you going to react? It's like God's first test to him. Okay, if Sahar is right, then this is a test. How does he do? Pass or fail? So he's immediately showing a lot of strength and power, but he's also showing the danger in him. Basically, probably a sign to show the Egyptians don't mess with him. And clearly he's sneaky about it because he says he looks around before, so he thinks about his actions. So it might be a sign to the Egyptians to be careful. Ah, the infamous look around. The Mephoshim interpreters and scholars have been trying to figure out what that look around was about for generations. So are you saying, Val, that he's looking around like, I want to make sure someone sees this. Someone's going to catch that I am powerful enough to kill, and they better watch out. It's almost like Teshuvah. Moshe kills someone, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, draft. That was like, did I have to just kill somebody like immediately he feels guilty but instead of apologizing because he can't exactly apologize to a dead body what he does he can't exactly talk to it either and confess that he did it what he does is he looks around and it's like did anyone see this maybe i can like get away with not having to do this it's like he's he's like shameful and then like he digs like the hole and buries him and you can think of that in two ways. One, hiding. Or two, maybe he's giving him a burial. It might be a sign that he doesn't think about his actions very fast. Maybe he should try to think what, about what he's about to do before he actually does it. An impulsive teenager. That's what we have here. All right. Let's go on to Pasuk Yud Gimel to verse 13. Who's going to read for us? He went out the next day, and behold, two Hebrew men were quarreling. And he said to the wicked one, Why are you beating your friend? He, the wicked one, said, Who made you a man, officer and judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Moses was frightened, and he said, So the matter is known. So the matter is known. Or maybe not known. Let's see if there are any questions or connections or inferences to help us get the matter known. So if two people are quarreling, and Moshe just says, Okay, you, I know by like two seconds of being here, that you are the evil, wicked one, and you are bad, and you should stop it. And one, he's getting into other people's business, which is like not exactly smart after he just killed someone. I would lay low just in case. And two, he's being like, like he's taking the matter into his own hands and he's being, you are the wicked one and you step down and I'm going to save you. He's taking sides. Well, how does he know it's the wicked one? And where is, what is he comparing the wicked one to? I think like we're already seeing Moshe's sense of like judge. Like, like I remember like a long time later in the Torah, Yitro comes and he says, okay, I have an idea instead of everyone waiting out in line for you and you don't get any break, let's make like a court. Moshe, like the whole time, 
all the time that he has people, he is acting as a judge. He is deciding who is the wicked one, who is the nice one, and having punishment. How's he doing as a judge in his early days? I don't. I think he might be like over exaggerating and not thinking his actions through. Sort of like he did with like breaking the tablet. Is there any textual support for the idea that Moses is not yet a great judge of character? Who made you a man, officer, and judge over us? Ah, so the very people he's judging don't like his form of judgment. It's like he has a power, but he has to learn how to use it. Whoa. He, it's like, it is a good thing that he wants to help people's lives be better, and like he wants to have fairness in the world and stuff like that, but it's not a good idea that he's being like, I'm Superman, everyone listen to me, let's split you up, I'm going to kill you, pow. Sahar says he's got a power, but he has to learn how to use it. So let's read the next few psukim and see if any learning is going on. Pharaoh heard about the matter, and he planned to kill Moshe. Moshe fled from Pharaoh and resided in the land of Midian, and he sat, or lived, near the well. The priest of Midian had seven daughters. They came to draw water from the well and filled the troughs to water their father's sheep. Then the shepherds came and chased them away. Moshe got up and came to their aid and then watered their sheep. One more time, an effort to step in and save those in need. All right, how did he do this time? I almost think this one, he almost got it right. The first one, it was just, he killed someone. Don't do that again, Moshe, please. The second one, he said, okay, you're wicked. You're not wicked one. What did you do? But then I think the worst thing that he did was he backed off. He said, so the matter is known. He, he let the wicked guy change the subject. So if he was right, he just let a criminal go free. But this time, I think he watched a little as the girls wanted to go and get some water. And he saw the shepherds chasing the girls away. So he was like, that's not right. Okay, shepherds, now I'm chasing you off. Third time's a charm. This time he got it right. Now God can pick him as the one to go back and save the Jews. No, no, Val, what do you say? I don't think he's doing enough for God to choose him currently. He's not getting the best reputation for himself, doesn't really think about his actions, judges people or situations too quickly. So at this point, I don't think God really should pick him. All right, so if I have a chance to choose a leader and she's impetuous and action-oriented and she makes a few mistakes along the way, but she is definitely focused on justice, that is not a leader ready yet? It also depends how much God is willing to accept mistakes. If God thinks that the strong will is better than the mistakes and they, it outweighs, then maybe he'll pick that chosen one. But if the chosen one needs to be perfect and like understand everything and also have a strong will, maybe Moshe at this point is not the best choice. Mm. Also, I think like judgment isn't the only quality that you need to be a leader. I think you definitely need leadership. And right now I haven't seen Moshe actually like lead anyone. He needs to know how to change people's minds because he needs to be able to change Pharaoh's mind to let him go. I think you need a bit of empathy too, feeling what other people are and seeing how they react. But he looks to be empathetic to me. I mean, he sees people in need. He says, oh, I can imagine what they're feeling right now. They probably need help. And he, he jumps to help them. Isn't that what he's doing? I think 
Moshe needs to be able to like work with other people. And also this might sound like a little bit childish, but like to show friendship. I don't think Moshe can lead like what, like a thousand Israelites by himself. Moshe needs to show God if he wants this job that he can work with other people and not make it like, okay, I am your leader. I am Our conversation your about Moshe and the traits of leadership continued, sure. but we don't want to steal the thunder of your possible study with a partner in your life. So we're going to let you look at that a little farther. I do want to offer some commentary from our tradition from two medieval commentators, Sforno and Abarbanel, who both echo and sometimes disagree with what our young Torah scholars have said. Sforno notices that there is a difference between the third episode with the young daughters at the well. In the third episode, the offenders are not punished or reproved. He'll argue that it's because the offending parties are not Israelites. But I think our young students would say something like, maybe Moshe has learned that we have often the wrong focus when a wrong is done. We like to focus on the wrongdoer and look at punishment, but perhaps the really correct thing to do is to look at those who have been hurt and see how we can offer them assistance. A Barbanel, writing around the same time in the 1400s, says that the three stories are clearly juxtaposed. We are learning something about Moshe and about his ability to lead. But Abarbanel says these stories are clear demonstrations that Moshe is just, honest, and big-hearted. Exactly the qualities that we need in leaders. I find it very interesting that my young students, who I learn from on a daily basis, are saying that these three episodes actually show Moshe is not yet ready for leadership. And if we read ahead, we will find out that leadership is a very difficult project for him. And at some point, he wants to give up And he tells God, I'm not the right person for the job. What do you think? We'd love for you to become our partner in Parsha Study. In the notes to this episode, you'll find a link to our website. And on that website, you'll find a button to share a voicemail. That's your chance to call us up and tell us something that you were inspired by, or even better, a detail that we missed that would add to our understanding of Moshe and this Parsha. We look forward to hearing from you, and if it's really great, we'll put it on next week's episode. Join us next week as we have three new young scholars to tell us what they see in the weekly Parsha. 